the masculine gift in relationship is depth and direction and presence and the ability to move through space and time as conscious humans. Also, I would argue that the masculine gift to the feminine is to take her deeper into her heart than she could go on her own. And, you know, we need each other for that, right? You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hola, hola, beautiful people. This is episode 143 of The Medicine. Okay, if you usually skip the intro, I'm going to invite you to listen to the entire thing today because I share details on a super dope giveaway that we're doing. Plus, the guest we have on today requires your full presence and awareness behind who he is. So if you've listened to our other relationship-centered episodes, you've heard us reference and quote a man named John Wineland, probably like 50 times by now. John was my number one bucket list guest for this show since we started it because of the impact his work has had on my life and our relationship. In fact, this podcast would not even exist had I not discovered John's work. John Wineland is an LA-based speaker and teacher, leading men and women in the practices of embodied masculine leadership, spiritual intimacy, and sexual polarity. That's a little broad, okay? So let me share a little bit more specifically about his work. In John Wineland's words, he says, I believe we all crave the deepest forms of romantic and sexual intimacy. We want to experience love that is pure and unconditional. We want to worship those we love, and we want to be worshipped in return. I believe we innately want to be able to share what is true in our hearts and be met with compassion and understanding without being made wrong or told we need to change. I believe we want sex that blows open our hearts and makes us grateful to be alive. He goes on to say that the problem is not our desire to love well, nor our innate capacity to make it real. The reason we struggle is that people know that they want these things, even if they aren't quite sure how to name them. Very few of us were taught how to create and sustain this type of sexual and relational intimacy. We were sold the myth The beautiful connection just happens. That great sex is a result of natural attraction with the right person. Just find the one and your life will be a never-ending collage of vacations, intimate moments, beautiful children, and mutual success. End quote. So you see, John, he like really gets it. The picture of perfection that we've all been sold and the modern day disconnections between the masculine and the feminine. And he's here to help us. 
to remove the veil and equip us with new tools for creating a truly conscious, fulfilling relationship. One of those new tools is his brand new book called From the Core, which is being released Tuesday, August 2nd. Chase and I were blessed to get an early copy of this gold, and we've been devouring it ever since. We talk about it a lot in the episode, but I'll just say, whether you are single or in relationship and you want to experience deep, conscious partnership, this book must be in your arsenal. (laughs) Just trust me. Personally, I'm gonna buy like five copies and give them away as gifts, including to one of you lucky listeners. Okay, here's the Instagram giveaway details. When you listen to the episode, share it to your Instagram story and tell your homies why you loved it or something that you took away from the episode. And we'll enter you to win a free copy of his new book. Make sure you tag me at Mimi underscore the medicine or else I won't see your entry. We'll be choosing a winner on my birthday, Sunday, August 7th. But if you don't want to wait, of course, you can always find the link to buy the book in the show notes or just look up From the Core on Amazon. Last thing I'm going to say is if you love the Medicine Podcast, please consider leaving us a genuine five-star review in iTunes. It helps us by helping others find the Medicine Podcast and hear from our guests who are trying to create the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. All right, enjoy the episode and share it to enter our giveaway. Cheers. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my love, my king in this life and all others with me here. What is going on, everybody? We are so stoked today. We have a uh, household name for yeah. most medicine uh, listeners. How- household deity, if you will. A deity, right. Yeah. John Wineland in the house. Welcome to the Medicine Podcast, my friend. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have been at the top of our podcast bucket list for many years. And cool. you, your work, I haven't shared this with you yet, but your work has, said, has had such a profound impact on me and our relationship for sure. Um, we were childhood sweethearts, married very young, 23, 24, married mm. for three years, became completely unbalanced, zero tools for healthy communication, no understanding of the masculine and feminine dynamic, nothing. Grew up in an evangelical Christian church where if you love God, you'll be good as as a married couple. So um, we found out that's actually not true. And three years into marriage, we separated and divorced. Unfortunately, we spent three years apart and in that three years that we were apart in 2018, I attended your first women's workshop in Mm. Santa Monica. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. And it was absolutely life-changing. I I do not use that term uh, lightly. It absolutely changed my life and got me on this snowball of, oh my God, this, this knowledge exists. It honestly felt like a light bulb was turning on like a secret to the universe. Almost. Mm. It was equal parts. I'm so intrigued. I love this so much. I'm fascinated. I need more. And also like almost angry that we aren't taught this, uh, from a young age, just going into any sort of relationship. And so I left that workshop, that experience, um, being in your presence and seeing how you teach and embody and, and hold this balance of, 
masculinity, strength, holding the container of, there was probably 35, 40 women there. Yeah. That's a lot of energy to hold. Yes, it was. And, you know, on the, on the other side, you're freely and openly talking about really deep feelings and your own feminine side and everything like that. And once I witnessed that, I left that experience knowing deep in my soul that I was not going to be fulfilled in relationship unless I had that type of consciousness, mm. what I termed at the time, a John Wineland man. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know at the time that it was going to lead me back to my ex-husband, but that work uh, really set me on that path to heal myself. And then when we, we met up three years later, um, we were these bright, shiny new versions of ourselves and really fell back in love with that pure, that pure expression of who we were as teenagers when we fell in love. So um, thank you so much. I can confidently say that your workshop and your work, your gifts to the world have changed the course of my life, our relationship. Yeah. And I firmly believe that this podcast would not even exist had I not found you in 2018. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a, that's a cool story. It's a really beautiful story. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys found your way back to each other. That's, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, for you. sure. So and, are we. Yeah. And, and just, it's been such permission for me as, as a man to realize like gentleness is not only okay, but it's a, it's a strength. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I suppressed for, you know, the first 27 years of my life was this, mm-hmm. this gentleness, this stillness that even though it may not be productive, uh, is powerful. And so I'm so grateful for your, for your permission in that. Um, well, let's, let's kick it off. Let's get into the good stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. uh, one, one question we love to ask every guest, uh, on the medicine is what do you love so much about your life? What aspect do you love so much about your life mm. that you wish you could gift it to every human? It's mm. mm. a good question. Um, okay. Uh, be- you know, because I've had this incredible range of life experience, I think, I think that's what I would want to gift to everybody is, is just the, the incredible, like we were talking about college in San Diego from, you know, being clueless and, you know, drunk on mission beach to, you know, to being a father and, and all the, all, you know, my, my daughter's life and death and all of the things, which also happened in San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. um, just the, the, the incredible range of life experience that I've had, uh, I, I would, I would want to give that to every, every human. Mm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The the mundane to the spiritual, the, you know, ecstatic to the heartbreak, you know, uh, I mean, I have just had this incredibly full life, uh, and, and I would want that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Full of the ups and the downs, the light and the yeah. dark, the negative, the positive, all of it frames the totality yeah. of humanness that we're really able to learn our lessons from is what yeah. I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also too, just to be able to have, um, you know, to be able to have the experience of being just a regular human, you know, uh, a, a guy, an 18 year old skateboarding down the boardwalk in Mission Beach to, you know, teaching hundreds of people spiritual intimacy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just such a, it's a I never saw this coming, you know, which is which is uh, so funny. I never I never saw this life coming. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm really grateful that I've had all of it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that you have too. Um, you. you know, we, we did a, a pre-recorded intro for you. Our listeners are very um, aware and, and probably exposed to your work to some degree. We've certainly quoted you enough times on this mm. uh, podcast that's so centered around conscious relationship. But if you could give, you know, a brief, like one minute elevator pitch of what you do in the world and how you help people, what's your gift to the world mm. currently as it stands today before we get into um, the rest of our, our questions around masculinity and relationship and all that. Uh, okay. Um, it is very hard to encapsulate, right? Um, I would say that I speak, I teach, um, you know, conscious relationship. I teach people how to embody consciousness and love and then use that as a tool for creating a deeper sexual energy, uh, deeper intimacies, you know, deeper understanding. And part of what I end up doing is helping people unwind the patterns that they've kind of grown up with and taken on throughout their lives and then reinstall new patterns of, of embodiment and, you know, ways to transmit love and ways to transmit consciousness that, that, that hopefully are healing and empowering and, um, you know, and then can be a light for the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's a lot of unlearning and then relearning on purpose. Like, what do I actually want to create in my life? What do I, what do I actually want to create in my relationship? I think so many people are, are moving throughout life and, and their relationships, certainly thinking that it kind of just happens to them mm. when in reality, there's a lot of unlearning that sometimes need to take needs to take place before we can actually acquire the tools and start embodying uh, what we do desire in relationship. And I feel like that's such a, a switch of empowerment when someone first becomes aware that like, oh, I can create what I want. Now, what are the tools that I need to do that? And, and you help people do that in, in such a beautiful way. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and this is part of what I say, I think is the first page of the book is, you know, I know men want to love well, you know, they want to lead, they want to, you know, love powerfully. They want to have, you know, they want to make impact. And I would say, you know, stretch that out. All humans want to relate deeply, have powerful relationships and, and nobody really taught us how. In fact, we were likely taught, unless we were just blessed with the best parents on earth, we were likely taught the wrong ways to approach, you know, deep intimacy. Longevity, you know, our parents, you know, mine not so much, but maybe yours, but, but you know, uh, generations, uh, you know, were taught longevity, stay together no matter yeah. what, take care of each other. But well, in okay. terms of yeah, in terms of depth and real connection and spiritual intimacy, we weren't taught that. Yeah. I, I oh sorry. Go I ahead. was going to say, do you, do you feel like that's we have so many options in this moment to distract ourselves, mm. and we have pleasure at our fingertips constantly. Yeah. You think that there's a level of that, almost like silence, a level of that seemingly emptiness or boredom that would then conjure up this more like initiative to make change instead of the awareness that we want to change but we're like how much does the the numbing and the distractions that are at our disposal constantly play into our inability to take the real plunge into being productive well i think it's huge especially for men right it's it's the it's the i think men are 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 much worse than this than women as i see right um and again, you know, when I speak masculine and feminine, uh, men and women are just easy to use, but, yeah. but we're talking, you know, across all humans and all gender types. 
But um, yeah, distraction, especially for the masculine has been a huge issue and numbing has been a huge issue. And, and so we're faced with, you know, do I want the challenge and the, you know, burden of relationship or can I just numb out and watch porn and, you know, whatever else, you know, and, and, and a lot of men are literally, you know, stuck in that, in that place. Yeah. And so I think that the, the decision, the heroic decision that I see more and more men trying to make is okay. I I want to feel, yeah. You know, I want to feel, I want to not just feel my own emotion, but I want to be sensitive to my environment, to my partner, to my family, to my community. And that, that, that the cultivation of sensitivity, meaning the, you know, like, like a ninja is sensitive, right? Like, you know, not, not necessarily the ability to express emotion. People always confuse that, but sensitivity mm-hmm. is a yogic and meditative practice. Subtle energies. Subtle energies, uh, you know, you know nerve openings, uh, you know, movement, breath, they literally make us more sensitive. So you mm-hmm. can feel what's happening, you know, when he can feel the fluctuations of your heart, you know, or your body, because he's so tuned and sensitive to your body that occurs, I'm sure is a kind of love, like a very deep kind of love. And the lack of that sensitivity is, you know, causes all kinds of problems, you know, which is a a huge piece of what we saw in me too. Like, you know, guys not knowing when, you know, when, when a closure was a closure, like, oh, she said yes, but her body was just like this. Right. So, so not being sensitive is, um, is also a huge problem. So yeah. Yeah. Numbness is the, um, say the enemy of sensitivity. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, couldn't agree more, which is a perfect segue into speaking about just opening up the dialogue around your new book from the core, which mm-hmm. I was so blessed to get uh, an early copy uh, from your team and started just diving in immediately. I literally uh, wake up, you know, looking forward to to learning more um, from this book because it's so it's so needed in our world right now. You know, I, I know that people have been begging you for years for a book. I've heard that, you know, in different spaces or on different podcasts, like, when are you going to write a book? But I think it was really divine timing because of everything that's going on in our world. Like we Mm. couldn't, this was the perfect time and this was the perfect subject. Mm. Um, And so with that, you know, you discuss this in your book, this psychosocial definition of masculinity in our culture can you dive into that? What is that psychosocial definition? What do you mean by that? And why is it important for all of us to understand at this particular time in our world? And then piggybacking on that, mm. what is this new definition mm. of masculinity that we're being invited into? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there's been a, a we could go back to the, you know, a thousand years and start to see the cultivation of the masculine, right? The cultivation of the masculine as dominant, as, as warring, as um, acquiring, as, you know, dominating, powerful. And so basically men were considered more masculine, the more that they 
won, for lack of a better term. You know, the more they won, you know, they won at seducing a woman. They won at a, at a sporting event. They won at, you know, on the battlefield. They won in business, right? And the more, the more that men won, the more they were, you know, that this sort of masculinity became attached to them. And so, so what I'm what what I'm hoping we're we're what we what we've come to uh, assign as masculinity is is some is is, is a doing right yeah. doing masculine things and what the new paradigm of masculinity I'm hoping and what I'm seeing I mean this is happening you know without this book right this you know this book just hopefully helps clarify some things but what what's happening is it's more about the transmission that is masculinity and it's not male centric doesn't have to be mm -hmm. right you know i've seen many women get up and transmit groundedness depth consciousness um uh, uh you know width right and just to the traits that actually occur as masculine and we can tell this because i see it in workshops all the time right i see it in workshops where where the stiller and deeper and more grounded a, a man gets, the more relaxed, the more turned on, the more open and the more safe the feminine feels. Mm -hmm. And so I like to define this masculinity as a transmission, just like femininity is a transmission. And as such, it's not something that we either, it's something we can cultivate. It's something we can actually pay attention to. It's something we can bring choice and consciousness to because not all the times that I want to be, you know, that I want to be masculine. I mean, you can just separate, take the term masculine out and just call it conscious and present. Yeah. yeah. You know, just call it conscious, present, grounded and, and deep in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, that we're in this phase of, of, of redefining this now where we're getting to choose, men are getting to choose, like, do I want my, my expression, my, my consciousness to be reflected in the world as what I acquire or what I win at, or do I want it to be, you know, how I be, yeah, yeah. right? How I transmit. And, and that, that I think is the, and, and the whole, the title of the book from the core is that this new transmission comes from the center of our bodies, the center mm -hmm. of our hearts, the center of our consciousness and, um, you know, the center of our, our breath. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like there is, and, and you mentioned it in your book, there's this, there's this rumbling, there's this desire for this train change for this exfoliation of the default mode, masculine programming that so many of us have been groomed to just unconsciously embody. And I don't know where we're at collectively, but it seems like at least in, in some of the circles that I'm able to witness, um, probably not indicative of, of the population at large, but it would suggest that we're, we're to the point where we're like consciously incompetent, you know, we're, we're, we're hmm. conscious of what can happen, yeah. what it may, we may even be able to recite some beautiful definitions of, of right. divine masculinity. But then when it comes to like stepping back in the door after a 10 hour work day, and you're sitting there with your significant other, and you go straight back into being your father. And, yeah. and, and like, there's, there's still these, there's still these groomed runs. Right. And like, what is it that's going to kind of like step us into that phase yeah. of like, 
conscious competence and yeah. maybe and maybe it's it's similar to you know maybe you're doing joe dispenza type work and you're like you know taking psychedelics and you're trying to shuffle your default you know mode network in your brain but like right. what do you think is what's going to be the next nudge the next like emphasis to get this collective curiosity maybe even partially conscious into just competence that's well that's a great question i like the way you frame that too Hey friends, did you know that medications don't heal you? Doctors don't heal you. Even natural supplements don't heal you. You heal you. But sometimes the body gets overstressed and overtaxed and needs a little extra help to calm down and do what it's meant to do, which is heal itself. This is why Immune Intel HCC works so well for many different diseases and conditions in the body. It's helping your body get to a place where it feels safer to perform the functions it's meant to in the first place. The most recently published AHCC clinical study showed that it was effective for over 64% of women in the study clearing persistent high-risk HPV in six months or less. 64%, you guys, that is incredible. So although it's been shown effective for all these conditions, AHCC is not just an HPV supplement, it's not just a Lyme disease supplement, it's not just a cancer supplement, not just an autoimmune supplement, it's a human body supplement, beneficial for everyone with an immune system even kids and pets. To learn more about AHCC or grab a bottle for yourself, just go to themedicine.com. That's M-E-D-I-C-I-N. And if you have any questions, my DM door is always open at Mimi underscore the medicine. Cheers and love. Um, I think this is where the feminine comes in, mm. right? Because a pain point, a great pain point for men that I see is this, 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 un, this lack of capacity to meet the feminine that has been for a large part growing much faster than we have, right? In the last 50 years, right? Women have gotten more conscious, more, there's more personal women in personal development, more yeah. women are going to start making more money than us. Women are, you know, don't need us for children. I mean, there's all kinds of things where women are surpassing us. And so our value as lovers, as partners um, is shifting, has shifted quite a bit. Like the, I, I think I call it in the book, the myth of the good husband, right? If I, I make enough money, I take yeah. care of the kids, I'm a good father, she, she'll be happy. Right. Well, unfortunately, that's just the fucking ante right now. Like yeah. you, you need that to get yeah. in the door. No doubt. And, and, and so now you need that. Plus you need uh, the, these new currencies of presence and play and consciousness and embodiment. So I see that women are demanding more of men in general. The feminine in general is demanding more of the masculine. And I see that will be the impetus, right? That's what I notice. Like guys will show up because they're feeling, I want to make her happy. I just don't know how, or I want to find a woman that, you know, truly, I can truly love deeply, but I don't know how. So that's the impetus. The, the actual mechanism of shifting the depth of our patterns and our karma 
takes way more time and way more practice than most men in particular understand. Mm. We want to hack it. Yeah. We right. Hack it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I get it. I get it. You know, there's a lot going on in the world, but depth can't be hacked, you mm. know, and, and depth requires the 10, you know, the thousand hours or the 10,000 hours <laughs> in order to shift the patterns, the patterns of your family, the patterns of culture, the patterns of your childhood, you know, the patterns of epigenetics, all of those things takes a lot more effort than most men realize. Totally. We're, we're so, and you talked about it earlier, we're so focused on outcome. We have mm -hmm. such an attachment and an expectation of outcome that we miss out on the present moment. We miss out on the, the awe and the bliss of now, which yeah. is where the learnings take place, which is, which is where the downloads take place and which where the attachment to an outcome is separated and you can actually start to pick up on the senses that you're you're talking about the what does my intuition sound like you can't yeah. hear it when you're obsessed with with getting a result mm -hmm. when, when everything you look at is a transaction so it's hilarious you're trying to work on your relationship yet you're looking for the step the five to ten step protocol that's going to give you the transactional outcome that you need in order to be a, to yeah. be masculine right. which is not where your dopamine comes from by the way right mm -hmm. So, so this is what they've determined that, that, that the, the dopamine hit the actual high of achievement happens in the process of achievement, mm -hmm. not the actual achievement. Right. And so we're going to feel a lot. And I, and I think men are starting to put this together. So breath, embodiment, presence, right. All of these things that, that are the process of making her heart bloom open in happiness and bliss. Right. Yeah. The, the real, um, uh, the real uh, fulfillment, let's call it, comes chemically, spiritually, emotionally yeah. from the process of it. And, and you're right, you know, letting go of the outcome of it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. This reminds me of uh, something that I've heard you talk about. And, and certainly in David Data's books, he talks about these shells that we acquire as men mm. and women, both masculine and feminine shells, mm. not related necessarily to gender, but um, in his book, Dear Lover, he, he, you know, paints this picture of a feminine who is acquiring masculine shells from a patriarchal society just yeah. to move through life, just to function. Mm -hmm. And they serve a purpose at the time, but they get so enmeshed with us from uh, an early age. And, and certainly this applies for men to acquiring different shells um, that you're talking about, you know, uh, unlearning and reprogramming what we've learned in our culture. Yeah. And um, I'm curious, you know, some of these shells we, we acquire at such a young age that it almost feels like it's just us, that it is our personality. Mm -hmm. So whether we're talking about the feminine or the masculine, how do we start to distinguish from a shell and from our actual essence that, you know, sure. we're all existing on the spectrum of masculine to feminine. Yeah. How do you help people distinguish between those shells and our essence? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that the distinction I would make, and look, I, you know, I trained with David for many years, but I do not speak for David. We actually disagree on a lot of things oh, yeah. around this stuff. But so, so, but I do think this idea of shells, I would like to talk about the way I see it is patterns, right? Mm -hmm. That, that we have we're rewarded for certain patterns. Like I think what David talks about is the, 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 the girl that's rewarded for achievement. Mm -hmm. 
right? And then how she realizes that, you know, that the achievement gets love from her family, but then when she wants to attract um, a, a more masculine essence human, she, that doesn't do it, right? Achievement mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily do it. So the way that I like to think about this is, you know, once you start to move, you do the practices, you start to move the body, you start to open, especially for women, you start to connect to pleasure, you start to connect to love, and you start to express the sort of the pulse, the universal cosmic pulse of love through your body. Right? Once that starts to happen, your patterns become evident, right? The way that the way I see it in a lot of women is control, right? Mm -hmm. To try to control men do it too, but I see it a lot to, to control, you know, human interaction in a certain way, like needing to be safe before they reveal their heart, for example, needing to feel safe before they reveal their heart. So you start to see these patterns of, of let's call them, I mean, control is not necessarily the right word, but it's almost like a pattern of, of conditions, mm. right? So I will love when, or mm. I will open when, mm. yeah. or I will, there will be enough love when, <laughs> you know, that, that, that happens, right? And almost always when you, when you identify what the condition is, you can trace it back to a pattern and to one of those places that you put on a shell and then you can start to unwind it you know not just using embodiment work but therapy um, other modalities that people use medicine and other modalities that people use to kind of help unwind the body mind so if you're if you're focusing on the pulse of love and you're really working with that everything that's not that will start to become very evident mm -hmm. Mm. Very evident. For example, like if you're if you're working, if you're just sort of working on being love and embodying love and you're and opening your heart and giving, you know, transmitting that, which is what I would call femininity, right? Transmitting the pulse of pleasure and love, um, you know, to your partner, but some some like fear old fear comes up like oh it's too it'll be too much for him or or you know, or he'll reject much. that right i mean it's just, am I, it's just I too much yeah yeah am i too much okay that's that's the shell being revealed right that's the wound the pattern being revealed and so now how can i be the pulse of love and pleasure while having this tender somewhat fearful heart and stay connected to him Mm -hmm. So as you get more and deeper and deeper into practice, the the little hot spots of trauma just you know pop up pop up like a like the whack-a-mole. And then and then you can breathe through them and relax through them and have sex through them and love through them. And and that to me is the most pleasurable way to to work with those things. Yeah. And identify them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Because they're really clear in the moment. And yeah. something that you're saying, the pulse of love is in my mind and in my experience, it's not just one body towards the other body, but it's actually me towards me. And, yeah. and yeah. feeling that first, like one of my, I would say greatest life lessons, and especially in us coming back together was realizing that in part one of our relationship, I was, I, I did not treat myself or I, I can say now, like really love myself. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously that manifested in, in different ways in our relationship. Um, but I think that that's something that is not talked about enough is that it, 
it starts with us and feeling the pulse of love towards ourselves first, maybe not so much shame and judgment and guilt, but starting maybe with like curiosity and compassion for those shells and patterns that you did acquire as a little girl or a little boy and have carried into adult life. Um, I feel like when self-development is kind of on that foundation of curiosity and compassion rather than shame, judgment, and guilt, it seems like that development just goes so much further and deeper rather than, you know, coming from this place of, let me just flog myself for this. Yeah. Or Uh, fix. Yeah. Fix myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that I would even take it one step further is that the pulse of love is, is the divine. Yeah. Mm. You could, you could argue, and I would argue that the pulse of love is the divine feminine that all humans have, right? The more we're embodying it in the flow of it, feeling it, the more we're in our feminine Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the, the, uh, the field of conscious awareness that is also all of us have, right? The more we're in that embodying that, the more we're in our masculine. And so when we can bring consciousness, this sort of, uh, uh, meta awareness, like the, the great eye behind the great witness behind the witness, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. And the feeling of love and sensitivity, when we bring those together, we're in the deepest moment of practice and any moment of practice can be that. And when we're in those deep moments of practice where the pulse of love is flowing through and you're, you're just, your, your heart is full, your body is full, but you're also aware of the great infinite essence of things mm-hmm. and self disappears, right? Yeah. Self, 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 yeah, relaxes. So true. self yeah. disappears. And, and those are the moments that we're, you know, wanting to, I, I think most humans are hungry to cultivate more of. I mean, that's why yeah. people show up at my workshops because they might not even know it. They just, they intuit like, oh man, I could love so fully that I disappear. Yeah. And you can't, and yeah. they do. <laughs> and, and, and that is, those are the life-changing moments. I think that most of us are, are wanting more of. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we feel that when, when we're in this work and in what we call our you know, almost like this, the third, that is the relationship and it is the removal of self. And it's this service to this divine exchange of bliss and pleasure. That is the, the, the relationship, not, not like codependent, which is what our marriage looked like, where we had this gaping hole on one side and this gaping hole on the other, that when we were dating and got married, sort of fit and, and, uh, fronted as a complete being but as we changed and as we grew the 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 gaping holes began to uh show up and look like they're you know no longer collaborative in any way right and i think where that's at now is that is that as we become more whole individually we're able to just contribute to this formula that that creates a a third that creates something that that sort of transcends the the physical and even if we can't articulate it um or or spell it out or i sure as hell can't coach my way into, you know, somebody experiencing it. Yeah. But it's something that's tangible and it's real. And it is this, you know, connection to God or divinity or, or, you know, at least something outside of the the 3d, but yeah, that it totally resonates for me. Um, and something we've talked about a couple of times is like senses, um, and being in tune with your senses, not only for, for, you know, 
discovering your feminine or discovering your masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how numbing interferes with that. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned porn earlier as a, a numbing mechanism. Are yeah. these the things that are keeping us from being able to pick up on where our innate masculine and innate feminine essences sit? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it it just numbs the, you know, it's a surface level. um, I mean, you could also talk about it as dopamine addiction. Yeah. You know, I mean, the neuroscientists are talking about dopamine addiction. So not just porn, but check the phone, right? Scroll, um, you know, for me, you know, look at, look at financial markets. You see people who are older watching news all the time, Yeah. right? There, there, there's literally a, um, there's this lack of capacity to be with the, the, the depth of the present moment, how we feel in the present moment, what we're experiencing in the present moment, what else is happening, coming through in the present moment. And, and that's kind of a chronic modern, I think it's built over the last hundred or so years, right? But it's peaking now, <laughs> and I think, because just, we've got, I mean, pretty soon we're going to have the fucking virtual, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and yeah. what are we going to do then? Yeah. So uh, we're going to, you know, so anyway, I, I, I agree with you that, that, that there is a sense of numbing and until it gets so painful that we're having to look at the patterns because the, the desire to numb is a pattern to escape yeah, mm-hmm. or, or a pattern to, to what I see with a lot of men is that it's, it's kind of like a hungry ghost to just get more experience, more like just mm. experience, 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 yeah. right? That's a good descriptor. God. Yeah. And, 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 and women too. Right. But men in particular, like experience and, and that's the feminine. So the more that men are consuming experience, right, even good experiences like deep ayahuasca journeys or, you know what I mean? Or it, but, but they're in, they're basically lost in the feminine. And, and I've certainly been guilty of this. And my teachers have pointed this out too. So that's why uh, so much of what I talk about in the book is to be able to maintain a tether to consciousness while in experience, the experience okay. of sex, the experience of mm-hmm you know, the world, the experience of love, all of those things. And, and that's what separates, I think, us just being in different experiences from us actually maintaining a masculine ground. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense, you know, so, so what can we do? Like, like I'm ready that when we get done with this podcast, like start, start the practices, you know, I'm ready to make improvements. How, how can I, how can I work on this? How, besides just like, all right, I'm going to stay away from, you know, porn, alcohol. I'm going to watch my hours on technology, but like, what are, what are some ways that you're telling people, men, how they can start to build this muscle back? How can we recover this mm. muscle and ability to sit in the present moment? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And it's really simple. I mean, it, it's so simple that most guys are like, I, I did this, I, you know, I have a virtual workshop that, you know, I've got like 500 people in it and I do calls once a month. And this was the thing yesterday, belly breathe, mm. like slow, deep long belly breathing. <laughs> yeah. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes, you know, where your, you know, your hormones, it grounds you, it, it slows your nervous system. It makes you more sensitive. And so just starting just to be uber, uber simple here, right. To start with a, a you know, not chest breathing, but belly breathing and just make your belly into this big ball you know, 10 seconds in, 10 seconds out, longer if you can. 
And then from there, just spread your awareness. Spread your awareness 360 degrees down into the earth, up into the heavens, around you. And it becomes quite blissful. I mean, it, you know, you want to talk dopamine, it just starts immediately kicking off serotonin yeah. and dopamine and you start to feel better and you start to be more like fulfilled in just what's already here. <laughs> you know, you don't need more experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like an addiction to comfort an addiction. I, I called that an addiction to comfort in the book, but I really think it's an addiction to experience. Mm. That's a big part of it. Right. Yeah. And, and I think for so many and, and myself included in this as well, uh, we're thirsty for, to make change, to make improvements. So we'll, we'll go to a workshop, we'll read a book and we're done with it. And we're ready to just hit the ground running right. and we just, we blow our load just immediately. And it's, it's so funny because we're actually attempting to, to find presence and slow Mm. down and Mm. deepen and ground, but we get so amped up on the potential outcome of getting better that we forget forget (laughs) everything we just learned and are ready to blow our load. Like, I I think it, I think it happens often. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think there's it is a sign of just interest, but that how quickly you can lose track of what you're learning, falling back into old patterns mm-hmm. of like, I'm ready for the outcome now. I'm ready for the result now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like any art, right? It, like if you went to a yoga, like a yoga weekend and you, you know, your body opened and you, your nervous system opened and you got really like, you just, you got stronger and, and, and then you stopped doing yoga every day. And six months or a year later, you went to another workshop, you'd be sore, you'd have to kind of start all over. And so, or like any art, whether it's being, whether it's a musician, whether, whether it's tennis, whatever you want to call it, right? So embodiment is basically the art of your body. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. the art of using your body to transmit deeper qualities than just whatever the fuck we've been transmitting, which is, you know, give me more (laughs) hunger, right? Like we're good at transmitting hunger, right? But, but I'm full, like I'm so full of love that I have plenty to just give Yeah. or where we transmit fear, but we don't actually, you know, stop and go beneath fear into tenderness or compassion. And so this, this requirement to go deeper then we've been trained to go does take time. And, and like you're saying, it takes, it takes repeat, it takes reps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dudes will understand that it takes fucking reps yeah. to get strong in this area. Right? Yeah. 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 It, it's something, you know, I was just reading in your book this morning um, about these different roles or responsibilities, I think is the word you use. Um, you, you kind of frame it in this way where you're, you're sharing this, sort of pain point from men where it's like, I'm doing all this work. I'm putting the reps in as you're talking about right now. And I, you know, I, I, she's not necessarily doing the same work on her consciousness, mm-hmm. um, on integrity. Right. She's not staying true to her word. She's kind of just dumping her femininity, her emotionality on me. And uh, am I just supposed to stand here and, and take it? 
And I think that that's probably, you know, a, a really common question from, from men is, is looking at like the, these differences between just the, how the brain chemistry works for, yeah. for a masculine and a feminine. Yeah. Can you speak to these different responsibilities um, for the masculine and feminine when it comes to inviting more consciousness and depth to the relationship? And, and how are those two responsibilities different? Yeah. Hey, homie, if you've listened to the medicine podcast for a while now, you know that Chase and I are extremely selective when it comes to the mushroom products we recommend. This is because after years of researching the mushroom space, we honestly were disappointed to find out that the large majority of these products are diluted and bulked up with grain based fillers which led to us creating our own mushroom elixir, Mushy Love Cinnamon Swirl Latte. We were committed to formulating one that is delicious and high quality, one that has a clean organic ingredient list, no gut or hormone disruptors, absolutely zero fillers, and a hefty dose of pure medicinal mushrooms. Mushy Love Latte is the result. This is a blendable, caffeine-free mushroom elixir with 500 milligrams each of incredible mushrooms, chaga and tremella. That is at least two to three times more mushrooms than other very popular mushroom brands out there to support your gut health, immunity, skin hydration, and beauty. Oh, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll, y'all. Just blend one to two scoops with your favorite steamed milk and you have a delicious elixir that you can drink any time of day. You can also blend a scoop into your morning coffee as a creamer with a cinnamon swirl twist. To try Mushy Love Latte for yourself, go to getmushylove.com and use the code medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for 10% off your subscription or one-time order. Again, getmushylove.com, use the code medicine. Mushy Love is highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. Enjoy. Yeah, well, that, it's it's really confusing, right? Because you know, women also, you know, have the same issues. Like, why am I not feeling him more? Why is he not sharing his heart with me? Yeah. Why, why does he want, you know, you know, TV and freedom more than the relationship, right? And 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 some of it has to do with just our our, our natural proclivities as masculine identified humans versus feminine identified humans. So the feminine responsibility in relationship is is how in this flow of love are we? Right. So her responsibility is to is to be a constant weather vane of how how deep am I feeling him? How open is his heart? How much is he in his body? Um, is he just looping? Is he is he in acquisition mode to the point where he can't feel anybody? Is he keeping his word? Is he you know, is he is he even here? Right. Mm -hmm. And the feminine heart, you know, is this beautiful sort of weather vane that can measure those things immediately if she's open and if she's paying attention to if she's not on her phone you know like her body has to be open too and so the reason why i call it a responsibility is because the feminine has to basically 
prepare their bodies to be the oracle transmitters for consciousness. Is he conscious? Isn't he conscious? And when he's not conscious, you know, the alarm goes off. Um, the masculine responsibility in relationship, among others, I'm just super generalizing here, but among others is to bring depth and to bring presence and to sort of ground the relationship in a direction and a directionality because the feminine is not directional. The feminine is multi-directional. <laughs> now you have a masculine and your masculine is very directional. You can think to what the next podcast should be, right? But, but, but the feminine is not directional. The masculine is the masculine gift in relationship is depth and direction and presence. And let's call it the, 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 the ability to move through space and time as conscious humans. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and so the masculine gift is that also I would argue, and I think I say this in the book is that the masculine gift to the feminine is to take her deeper into her heart than she could go on her own. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, and, 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 you know, we need each other for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so the masculine, the masculine Gift can be measured in directionality and depth, just to make it super simple, overly simple, deeper into our hearts, right? And the feminine re responsibility and relationship can be to, you know, really be responsive to the, to the energetic love temperature of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And again, super simplifying this. I mean, you know, we yeah. can take a whole workshop yeah. on this stuff. Go, I probably go, should. Go read the book that gives us a base. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to get into this a little bit further. Like, let's just take the perspective of, and you mentioned this a little bit in the in the book. Women are are at this point where it's like they're complete hashtag boss babes. They're CEOs. Their yeah. their direction is dialed in. Their their income. Mothers who have the house structured perfectly. And where, it, where are men or masculine in, in kind of this 2022 dynamic of the modern woman uh, tastefully able to step into the relationship and provide direction to a very carved out masculine that sits in their, in their significant other or their wife or their girlfriend? Yeah. How do they step into that, you know, quite literally in a relationship, even have the conversation of, Hey, I'm feeling the need to step into my own masculinity with mm -hmm. depth and direction. Here's how this needs to look for me. What are you What are you seeing there? Yeah, no, that that's that's such a big challenge I'm seeing, right? And and it hurts the women in the relationships too because they're like, I don't want to hold all this all the time. I want to be able. It's painful to hold the house and the business and the children and the you know. So the simple answer to that is, you have to embody it. For her to trust your directionality, you have to be like we've been talking about, you know, I'm probably going to bore everybody with the come back to the, the, the depth of your own breath, the feeling of your own heart. Are you in the center? Are you aware of the center of your body? Are you locked into the present moment? And the more depth, the more th that's a much purer form of masculine than the doing masculine that she might be really good at. Sure. And eventually she will want to respond to that just because it's so much deeper than the, her capacity to organize. Yeah. So I think one of the ways that men can be, become more trustable to use a term that David uses to become more trustable in this is 
um, is to really master their own body mind, right? To master their own body mind and, and their own directionality. Like, where am I in my purpose? You know, how deeply am I, you know, living in this moment? Um, how am, am I leading other men? Do other men trust me? Right? Am I am I contributing to the world in a way that feels deep and important, or mm. am I numbing out? You know, yeah. am I am I numbing out? And the more that we can become, like literally matches for a lot of women. You know, what I mean, a lot of women, like you said, are are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to match that so that we can be trustable for something deeper is is an area that I think a lot of men do struggle with, and and part of the reason is they lack. Um, the commitment to presence that I think is needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this, this, this all works really, you know, in, in a synchronized way when you, when you start piecing these all together and so much of this is coming back to presence, mm-hmm. um, you know, from that was the perspective of the, of the masculine or the, or the male who is like really interested in, in getting better, but there's also the cases where, and we, we see it a lot with our listeners and, and people that come to us mm-hmm. is man, so often, more often than not, it's actually um, the female, the woman, the feminine in the relationship who's picking up on this out yeah. of balanced dynamic. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to get out of my masculine. I need my man to, you know, step into depth and direction. Yeah. But they're the, the oaf archetype. They're, they're numbed. The they're, man is. Are they yeah. too far gone? So the question is like, how do I enroll them? Yeah. Mm. And so what, what are you typically telling people? <laughs> I mean, you know, this, this is such, I, you know, I had a panel last week with Connor Beaton and Preston Smiles and Stefanos and, and, you know, oh, yeah. the questions we got and we all were smiling because we get them all the time is how do I get my man to <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Right? That, that is the question. Yeah. How do, how do I get them to deepen? And the, and the, the answer sucks, which is you don't, Yeah. you mm-hmm. don't, you, 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 you know, there's a little caveat to that. You continually express what his lack of consciousness is doing to you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It sounds simple and it sounds easy, but most women are not able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like he's on, you're, you're at dinner, you guys just had this really sweet moment. And then he picks up his phone. And if you don't go, ah, <laughs> he won't know that that was really painful. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or, you know, and so cult again, this, you know, to the feminine responsibility, cultivating the body mind that's open and real and feeling very deeply and responsive Mm -hmm. to that lack of consciousness is the feminine responsibility in relationship. And a lot of women struggle with it. And it's understandable to paint it. Why why the fuck should you have to do that? But ultimately it it's, it's, it probably goes way back. It's not just modern. Um, so I, th- this, t- the moment she gets directional, this is, a, I'll try to simplify it. The moment she gives you a book or a podcast and says, oh, you should listen to this guy. Who's directional? Yeah. Who's the masculine, right? So she can't get mad at you for being in your feminine in that moment because she just took the masculine pole. And if that happens again and again and again, what women, what women are doing in this instance, and it sucks, I know, is they're using the, the masculine structure they've learned post-feminism to solve the problem of their hearts not being met. 
And what that does is it actually pushes the man farther away because now she's in the masculine telling him what to do, which if he is masculine does not want. Mm -hmm. And, and so the way to, and, and again, this is a huge subject, but I'll just simplify it. The way to, to work with your partner is to express how his unconsciousness hurts you in the moment. And then a, and then a more, a, a more, probably just more mainstream healthy way to do that is to talk about your needs. Mm. Like I would need you to have this conversation every week, like what I love about us mm. and what I would need more of. Mm. And so you could say to him on every Sunday night, when you have that conversation, I would need you to be more in your body. And I need you to actually breathe deeper. And I would need you to slow things down. I would need you to be less reactive. And if you do that for months, six months, a year, and he does nothing to move in that direction, you're probably with the wrong human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As I've heard you say before, it's like, that's still really good information. That's yeah. the feedback. Yeah. Um, and something I want to bring up when, when, you and then when you leave, let me just, let me just say yeah, this. Yeah. When you leave, you can say for six fucking months, I've been saying, I need you to breathe deeper <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and and like slow down. It's, yeah. This should not be a surprise to you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, when you were speaking about the, the, that specific, you know, uh, example, which I think is so prevalent right now, just the, the ever present distraction of the little supercomputer that we all have in our, in our hand or in our pocket. Um, and you know, maybe one of the partners will just use the, the masculine in this, in this, um, example, when, when this has happened before, he doesn't do it often, but when, when this has happened before, I just will get, I will just like stop talking. Mm-hmm. And because I, I don't know if his mom is texting him and it's like SOS 911. I don't know what's transmitting. I don't know if it's a really important work email that right. he's been waiting for all day. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt and right. not just go immediately into like, you like <laughs> I was trying to tell you, you know, like, I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I just get quiet and he, he can sense like, oh, she stopped talking, you know, um, but I don't know if that's a tendency of mine that already exists. I know from childhood yeah. to sh- start to shut down yeah. and not be too much, not yeah. be like, oh, that, <laughs> it would get his attention for sure. And see, look, he's la- so, so, so look, he just laughed when you did that. So <laughs> that's, that's, I don't do that. Well, but, but see, you just did. And, okay. But, but this is a perfect illustration of, of what I, what I'm trying to, tell women sometimes, which is if you do that and he smiles and laughs, that's a yes. <laughs> that's okay, a yes. God, yeah. I just got permission from John. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, a yes. Right. It, 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 and so, and so it's, a, it's a great question, right? The, how do I know whether I'm being, you know, whether I'm just imposing my will on them or I'm actually <laughs> right. But if you think about it, when you started talking about going inward, your body was your act. Your body actually started to go inward, mm-hmm. which is a closure. Oh yeah, I feel yeah. that. Yeah, and so if you're closing, then you're probably in a pattern. Yeah. Now you could go, and he'll go, baby. Just give me a second. It's just it's my mom, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah. you're both still open, and there's yeah. no, you know what I mean. There's there's no like weirdness, and those moments, people people don't realize like those moments add up. 
where you close and close, oh, yeah. and close and close. And, and part of the masculine responsibility, I think in relationship, and this goes back to your other question was about awareness. And the masculine responsibility is to check the culture that they're allowing, right? Like, oh man, I'm allowing us to be in this culture where I numb out and then you close and then we don't talk about it for a week and then it comes up. And, and so the masculine gift of awareness is to scan. And this is a tip I'll give to anybody who's masculine in a relationship, stop and scan the field of your relationship, scan the culture of your relationship and ask like, is that, are, are we a culture of complaint? Are we a culture of request? Are we a culture of full expression? Are we a culture of holding back? Are we a culture of, you know, of deep, you know, slow makeouts? <laughs> Are we a culture of, you know, wham, bam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really take responsibility for the culture that, that, that we've allowed. Now, of course, the woman or the feminine in the relationship has as much responsibility, but the masculine gift is awareness. So whoever wants to be in the masculine is the one who should scan that. Yeah. yeah I love that scanning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. still comes, comes down to presence. I mean, what comes up for me in, in just this example, I think reflecting back on when we were married, I think I would have just stayed numb, probably wouldn't have picked up on it. And then two weeks later, when we have an argument, it would have been like, you never pay attention. You know, you always bring up your phone and it would have been just the, the scorekeeping and then the dump yeah. of, of the tracker that we've all been keeping, you know, plus yeah. ones or minus ones on for weeks at a time in what we call now our part two, um, what just, just even just listening to this example, if she's closed, mm-hmm. I would pick up on it. I'm significantly more aware. I, I, I hope so. Um, yes. but I, I think I would respond with what's, what's going on. Are we, are we, like yes. an immediate, like, Hey, Hey, do we need to talk versus if she would have done, you know, the expression that she did, I would have been like, I don't, I would, I would laugh and I'd be like, Hey, Hey, Hey. And then maybe like grab her like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm bullshitting around on my phone. Yeah. I freaking love you. I need to be listening to you. Um, let's talk. Like yeah. it would probably be that response, which seems a little more uh, productive versus my, like, there's a threat in the environment. There's a threat yeah. in our relationship. How can I fix it immediately? Well, what you're, what you're identifying here is pattern evoking pattern. Mm. Right? So her pattern of, mm, I'm going to, I'm not going to be too much. So I'm just going to, let me just, I'm unhappy, but I'm not going to be too much, even though I'm pissed at him right now or whatever. I feel hurt. And your pattern is what's wrong. What do we need to fix? Am I okay? Is she mad? And so we evoke, we're constantly evoking these things from each other. And so her perfect example of, ah, right. Evoked your laughter. Right. And evoked an openness that who knows what's going to happen. Maybe it'll be, maybe you'll like start, you know, like scratching at each other. Maybe you'll start making out who knows. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the idea is that we want to, the patterns we know, the patterns we know now we can install better patterns and we can get better at pattern interrupting, but the patterns are pretty default. The openness, the, the chaos of open love and consciousness is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen, right? I mean, yeah. who knows how it's going to show up? There might be a five-minute fight and then 10 minutes of lovemaking in the car. There might be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, and that's scary for people. What is also scary, speaking from the feminine and, and realizing like when you're speaking about like she is the weather vane of the flow of consciousness and love in the relationship and, and giving that constant feedback, that oracle as you speak to, 
sometimes it's hard to put words to. Mm. I tell him all the time when we're in maybe not even a disagreement, but just a, a maybe a charged conversation or one that's serious in nature. It's like I sometimes don't even have words to put to my feelings. Yeah. And then I start judging myself, you know, being like, why can't you articulate the way that he can? And why can't you just like be able to express exactly what you're feeling inside? But sometimes there are no words until, you know, maybe a day later or something. And so yeah. what I love about your approach that I'm still I'm still learning, obviously, how to practice that <clears throat> noise is we, everyone knows what that noise means, you know, but is there words to, you know, do we always have words to put to that? So any feminine that's listening right now, I just want to encourage you that I'm in this with you. And if you don't have the words to put to, you know, your feelings, like what is the sound? What is the vibration in your body? And if you had to create a noise out of that, Mm. you know, and this can go both ways for, for me, it's, it's been more about in the positive when he is doing something that I fucking absolutely love. And I just feel like so overwhelmed with adoration and love for him. Like I let him know with just a, or like Mm. just letting him know, like, And I also, you know, learned that from the embodiment uh, practice from your workshops and everything. And I think that that has great impact, but swinging to the other side, we also need to be able to do that when it's not flowing. And so that's, it's just a, I'm basically just giving myself a permission slip (laughs) to actually do that on the maybe not so great end of the spectrum. Yeah. Be messy with it, be be messy with it, but also be open to, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, I was with somebody I don't know, about three years ago. And she, she, when I did something that she didn't like it, it, it hurt her so much. Like her, even if it wasn't big, like, you know, like I, I, I'm not able to get off work till six. Right. And she'll be like, no, and would like collapse to the floor. <laughs> but I would laugh and I would be like, oh, it was such a pure expression of the truth of her heart. I would laugh. And, um, and it was, it's such a great way to um, experiment, right? Mm-hmm. Like to experiment. So I, when you were talking, what came to me was just pick a word and mm-hmm. add it to whatever expression. It could be orange. Orange, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever it is. And then he'll know, like, oh, she's trying to like express herself in some way. But at least there's some, you know, container to this this stream of energy we call the feminine heart, the wild feminine heart. So having some word, whether it's no or orange or, you know. The, the trick is, is if it becomes directional, like you're telling him to do something, mm. which is very apropos in many, many moments. But if you do that, you're now stepping into the masculine, right? Consciously. And now that's where there's clashing. You know, don't do that. Does have a different energetic signature than, ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now women will often say like, why the fuck do I have to go? ah, like, can't he be conscious enough to know not to do that? It's hard to argue with that. Yes, he should. But, you know, what creates love the fastest? Yeah. What creates the flow of love? Yeah. This episode of The Medicine is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Question. 
Do you know what the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet are? Answer, organ meats. Providing a hearty dose of vitamin A, zinc, copper, folate, B12, and more, but (laughs) they're not always appetizing to take down. I've tried. That's why we absolutely love Optimal Carnivore. Organ meats support and nourish our bodies in ways that synthetic or plant-derived nutrients are simply not capable of providing. Those who incorporate organ meats report feeling more energy, less brain fog, and like they're truly thriving. These are 100% grass-fed organ meats from New Zealand, freeze-dried and encapsulated into convenient bovine gelatin capsules. They choose New Zealand because it's a pure source, a pristine land with rich soil, lush greenery, and one of the cleanest environments on earth. Their products are 100% grass-finished and free of all hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, and GMOs. Our ancestors would have eaten the whole animal, so Optimal Carnivore created this unique blend of nine different organs, a powerful combination including beef, liver, brain, thymus, heart, kidney, spleen, pancreas, lung, and gallbladder. Each organ contains its own unique benefits and nutritional profile and provides a large range of nutrients that support all the major organ systems. The guys at Optimal Carnivore believe everyone deserves easy access to the most nutrient-dense foods and wanted to take the guesswork and mess out of eating organ meat. They are also giving back to the planet by planting one tree for every product sold. Our favorites are the grass-fed organ complex that I mentioned and the grass-fed liver capsules. To get some more of these essential nutrients in your life, go to amazon.com forward slash optimal carnivore and use the code themedicine to save 10% on all of their products. As always, bringing you only the best, my loves. Cheers. Well, I mean, when you're able to see the flame, you're able to know the container that is that is needed to control or or I shouldn't say control I should say uh leverage this burning passion for something productive Mm -hmm. so if you're able to visibly see the flame even if it's out of control for a minute masculinity is able to at least identify where the container needs to be implemented different from if the flame never shows up at all yeah and and I think there's this maybe masculine fear about the potential of the flame and so it's this like preservation to to ensure that no flame ever shows up from femininity because yeah. it's of the potential of this wildfire. But in actuality, I think it's once that's seen in these little micro doses of, of the flame, there's at least a, a register for masculinity to be able to identify like, here's where depth and direction mm-hmm. can actually be effective yeah. and create something greater than this out of control fire. Yeah, she, you're, you're giving him you're giving the masculine information. I like to think of a, of weather. You, if he's a, if he's sailing your boat to New Zealand and there's no weather, he has no idea how to get the boat to New Zealand, really, mm. you know? And, but if there's a squall, you know, he knows what to do. Or if there's a storm coming, he can know what to do. So you're actually giving him your heart is the weather for the direction of the relationship. Now, again, this does not have to be male, female. This can be, you know, th- this can be switched. There might be times when your masculine is better served to lead the relationship, right? Or in same-sex couples, you know, or how or non-binary, however, 
whoever's masculine is going to better lead, they can step into this principle, right? Of being the direction, feeling what the feminine is giving you in terms of, you know, baby, I want us to go to Santa Barbara next weekend and have a no, no tech week weekend. Mm -hmm. How does that feel? Right. Then she'll give you, you'll read her body. Like her body just relaxed at that thought. So, so, so she'll give you information and then you can say, Oh, okay, great. I'll make the reservations now. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do it. Friday night. We're going to put our phones in this tub. They don't open up until Sunday night. And then you, you constantly can check in with her body about how it's feeling. And, and, and that, that's a, that tends to be a really nice way to provide leadership that usually feels good to the feminine. Yeah. Yeah, I totally. That. I mean, everything you're saying, yeah, the, all of that feels very good. And and something that you touched on a little bit earlier is something that we talk about a lot. And, and I, I just led a, an eight week course for women called Deep Love. And a big piece of it was learning the art of expressing your feelings without emasculating your partner. You know, Alison Armstrong is big, yeah huge yeah. on yeah. unknowingly, unconsciously, you know, she, she goes pretty hard at women. Like yeah. you are emasculating him. Do you expect him to show up and ravish you if he's been emasculated for 20 years? Obviously mm-hmm. not. Yeah. This is a huge thing as well. And so there is this teeter totter of criticism and complaints, you know, constructive criticism through the movement of your body or just a noise or whatever, that is a little bit of a poke. Um, I, I wouldn't call it emasculation by any means, but for the woman, you know, you, you mentioned when you start directing, mm. is that how you, you know, kind of distinguish between the two of emasculation and this flow of energy, you know, letting your partner know where you're at in the moment, moment by moment. Yeah. Revealing your heart's truth um, is non-directional, right? So ouch, <laughs> orange, um, you yeah. know, ah, right. And it, if you notice there's, so there's two ways. Once you start to, once you start to get directional with the revealing of the truth, then now, you know, you're taking charge of the moment, which again can be fine. It can be needed, but just know it's going to have an impact on your polarity. Now you're both in your masculine and you're probably not want to going to want to have sex for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so so the moment you start laying directionality on it, you stepping into your masculine consciously, that's what Allison would say. You're now castrating him. You're telling him your masculine is better than his. And, you know, again, sometimes it is, <laughs> sometimes it is. Um, but the other piece, and this is the, this is the yogic and energetic piece is feeling the difference between, ah, and, ah, like one is a, like a fire hose of energy that that is often that that I see women and men do a lot, which is this projection of anger that's probably old. Some of it's old, some of it's new. It's all mixed together in this fire hose of energy that men are like doing this with, right? Versus an a, an, a revealing open, just like an ah ah. It's wide. It's actually an invitation for them to step into versus a fire hose that they'd have to fight their way through. Yeah. Yeah. So those two pieces, I think, are really I th- just just to help women try to start to practice with this because it's hard. The last 50 years, you know, women have been taught 
assert yourself, use your words, use your energy, state your truth. And that's all perfect in the workplace. But in relationship, it's, it's kind of, it's tricky. It's not wrong. It's not wrong by any means, but it does have an energetic impact. So Mm -hmm. widening, you know, widening open, revealing open versus projecting forward. And then also revealing without directionality. I'm I'm cold. This is a great one, a great example that I've heard David give. I'm cold versus can you close the window? Mm -hmm. Kind of reveal like your feelings as they arise and let him take action. Give him the opportunity to 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 take care of you. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so great. That's great. Really great. You know, in your book, you have this phrase. uh, You say, "Hold the pose." Uh, hope you can go into that a little bit. You know, what do you mean by that? And what are, what are some of the like long-term you know, benefits, uh, especially as it pertains to, to the masculine? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> in the example I just gave, which is the feminine example, right? So this revealing out, right? If she's feeling dropped or hurt or right. And there's this revealing of her heart. Um, if, if in three seconds or five seconds, you aren't responding in the way that she wants, she has the opportunity to either close and go back into pattern, right? Or continue to reveal how it feels now. Like, so, so she starts revealing, ah, orange, orange, whatever. And, and you go, what? And then she goes, ah, so now it hurts even more because you're like, what? And then, ah, so it might take 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds of her just holding that pose of an exposed, revealed heart, moment to moment expressing it. But eventually, and it usually does not take long, you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, baby, I'm being a dick or I'm whatever. And so most of us will try, and I hear this all the time, you know, I'll try to be present and hold her storm. Right. And, and, but it just keeps coming and, or I'll try to be playful when she's upset and she'll just get more angry. And more often than not, we give up before we, before our presence or our embodied consciousness or embodied love evokes a different response from our partner. Mm. And I, what I what I do is I'll have I'll have men and women time it just as an experiment. I'll say, okay, go home, stand next to her in the kitchen while she's cooking dinner. Begin breathing deeply into your legs. Plant your feet. Soften your belly. Like let your heart soften and just really feel every inch of her, mm. and see how many seconds <laughs> it takes for her to turn and have a response mm-hmm. for you. You mean right. physically feel her, not energetically. No, no, energetically feel her. Not you, you don't have to touch her. I mean, maybe you can, but it was it's you know, it's like just energetically bring bring conscious depth and open-heartedness to the moment mm-hmm. and time it. <laughs> is it 30 seconds? Is it a minute? Is it uh, you know what I mean? Is it two minutes, right? Until she opens and relaxes, and vice versa. I'll say, okay bring, you know, sit, you're sitting next to him on the couch and, you know, bring some pleasure and, and ache in your heart through your body and time it. 
how long does it take for him to look at you and see you? Mm-hmm. It's normally a minute, two minutes. It's yeah. crazy. And we won't hold the pose to evoke the deeper, you know, the deeper place in our partners because we're so conditioned for instant, yeah. <laughs> instant yeah. response. And yeah. almost, I would say probably expecting some sort of rejection or this isn't yeah. going to work, or I've tried this before, or yeah. she never, or he never. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so hold the pose means no, you're going to get some resistance because they're not used to your, to this and hold the pose because you love them and you love love and you love the openness and you love this direction more than you're con- committed to the pattern. Yeah. And I'll say one more thing about that, where this really meets, where the rubber really meets the road is in fights, obviously, right? And so if one partner is just staying hard open and connected and I love you, baby, and I'm not leaving and, you know, you know, ouch, ouch, that hurts when you say that. And, and just open, 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 eventually, the other person's defense will melt. Now, whether that takes two minutes or three minutes or, you know what I mean? And obviously you don't want to put yourself in an abusive situation. So there's a caveat there, but more often than not, it's more just heated tempers in relationship and not full-blown abuse. Yeah, That becomes, you know, more of a, a very, like if he's angry and you're just like, ouch, baby, I love you. Ouch, that hurts. What, why would you say that to me? Ouch, ouch, ouch. And you literally tears. It won't take long unless he's a complete asshole <laughs> for him to go, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. Like, all right. And, and, and to, to shift. Most of us don't even know that it's possible to, there's that moment, the tipping point in a fight or in an altercation where one person's openness can tip the whole fight. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we default to the patterns that can lead to the evenings of, of separation, then maybe the days of separation, and then maybe the weeks of separation. And then pretty soon we can't meet each other and we should get divorced. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's, it's, we say this all the time. It's do the small things like they are big things mm. because in, you know, just that small, like, Nope, I'm going to stand here for one more minute and I'm going to open for mm. one more minute. Mm-hmm. That's in the grand scheme. It's a small thing, but it's really a big thing because yeah. they accumulate, you know, um, over time. And, and that's something that I will never forget because what, tore us apart were these very small things. They weren't big things. They were very small things that took us from our core, which was love to slowly 1% every other day to who are you and what are we? Yeah. 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 And, and so I would, I would advise couples to start with that first exercise, just be stealthy (laughs) and, and show up and show up next to your partner and bring your best practice and see how long time it is. It two minutes. And look, is, is five minutes of your best practice worth opening your partner's heart? Come on, (laughs) you know, come on. Right. And, and, and just have them practice it that way. And then when the, when the trauma spaces come, you know, you've got something in your body you can work with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And we could talk to you for three more hours, but obviously we want to be uh, very conscious of your time. Um, Thank you. Obviously we're going to link all the places that people can go grab your book from the core. You guys, if you want to create 
an epic relationship. It doesn't just happen. We need to bring more consciousness to the relationship and to our life to really create and experience what we want. And this book will help you do that. Whether you're feminine or masculine, male, female, it doesn't matter. We all need to have these tools in our tool belt. So definitely go grab it ASAP. Um, as we come to a close here, we uh, have a few rapid fire questions that we ask every guest. You can simply okay. answer with one word if you want to. Okay. So Let me prepare myself. Yep. <laughs> Not that intense. Um, but the medicine podcast is all about exposing ourselves to the medicines, the real medicines that help us develop more consciousness in every aspect of our life. Yeah. Um, so thinking about body, mind, and relationships, we'll start with your body. What currently feels like medicine? for your body mm. right now? Uh, 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 desert mesas. Mm, beautiful. Mm -hmm. What uh, what feels like medicine for your mind? Um, slow, deep uh, breath. Slow, deep breath. Mm, always. Mm -hmm. What about for your relationship or relationships? What feels like medicine currently? Oh, um, unconditional generosity mm. Mm. i love that beautiful so good yeah john thank you so much my friend yeah, nothing but welcome. absolute gratitude your work yeah. has completely changed my life and um we're gonna keep bugging you to get you back on yeah. the show <laughs> <laughs> sure sure yeah i took a little break from from podcast for a while but i figured you know the book is a good way to to come back so yeah you know try let's let's talk again and uh, six months or a year and yeah uh, love, love to it. see what you guys are up to we'll sure. be knocking on your door for sure yeah yeah thank you i really appreciate you having me and i appreciate you you know your kind words and you know and, and pumping the book it, um, i i hope it's helpful it is sure. it will be yeah. for sure where can people learn more about you uh and your work if they're itching for more which i know they are <laughs> yeah at johnwineland.com very easy you know we've got a i've got programs some of them are evergreen some of them are live some of them are online some of them are in person so so there's a there's a, a big plethora of ways to get involved if they want to awesome. all right you guys johnwineland.com wine like you drink land like you live on exactly exactly check them out thank you good being <laughs> and yeah. we'll, we'll talk to you guys next time go spread some light okay bye uh, we sincerely hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. I firmly believe that this book, From the Core, needs to be in every human's hands. As we said in the episode, there hasn't been a greater need in history for this topic to spread far and wide than right now. A more beautiful, conscious, balanced world is possible and it starts with individuals and our relationships. Again, to enter our Instagram giveaway to win a copy of John's book from the core, share this episode to your story and tell your friends why you loved it. Make sure you tag me at Mimi underscore the medicine and I'll get you entered. The winner will be chosen on my 33rd birthday, Sunday, August 7th. May the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers and love.